Welcome to the Y Network, where we interview every job occupation A through Z from the trash man to the CEO and ask them how and why they started doing what they're doing so that you can find your dream job too. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we're with Miss Christine McTernan. I said that right, right, Christine? Kristen McTernan. Kristen, Kristen McTernan. So I messed up a little bit. I can't be doing that, guys. But Kristen McTernan graduated with an English degree at 25, intending to be an English teacher. Until someone discovered her profanity-laced blog, she was then asked to repeat her student teaching semester or be denied her teaching certificate. Is that correct? That is correct. Perfect. And (laughs) not that that's too perfect of a situation, but perfect. Um, (laughs) And after having no funds nor desire to repeat the final semester, she settled making $10 an hour as a receptionist living in her parents' place for a year. I know that sucked. I know that sucked. At 25, that that sucks. But all hope wasn't lost as she found a job across the country as an editor making 32k a year and steadily sharpening her skills. For the past 12 years, she's been a reliable asset, maintaining full positions, full-time positions with benefits and is living proof that an English major, in her words, does not sentence you to a lifetime of poverty wages. Kristen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well, Kristen. Okay, so um, of course you're a very, very uh, seasoned editor. Been doing this for 12 years now, um, and I think people really want to hear what it's like. You know, a lot of people have that English degree, but you know, don't know what to do with it. Maybe they don't want to teach. Maybe they, maybe they're a little confused. Maybe they're a little lost. And you were telling me that you went through a quarter life crisis yourself after that 25 year old period. So let's go ahead and dive right in. How and why did you become an editor? Well, after uh, my debacle with the blog, you know, I called my dad and I said, Dad, I'm in trouble. I don't know what I want to do because I wanted to be a teacher my whole life. You know, I joined the Marines right out of high school and I knew it was just going to be four years. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get out. I'm going to get my English degree and I'm going to teach English until I die. (laughs) And then this happened. You know, I don't come from money, so my parents could be like, oh, it's okay. Repeat your semester. It'll be fine. You know, we were not in that position. Mm. So my dad was like, look. You're going to go to work and you're going to figure it out. You know, Mm. he couldn't tell me what to do. He didn't come from an English background. Mm. You know, he was a techie guy, which is a skill I don't have. Yep. So I lived in their guest room and I worked as a receptionist. They didn't make me pay rent. You know, it's it's good to have parents that way. Mm. And basically, I just looked at all of the jobs and what they required. So it's like, all right, I got an English degree. And I applied for jobs that required a communications degree, and they didn't want me. And I applied for jobs that required a journalism degree, and they didn't want me. And I looked nationwide because, you know, I was living in Florida where I'm not from. That's just where my parents were living. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, I've got a car, and I've got a degree, and I will go to where the job is. And I found a federal position in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I'd never been to before, Mm -hmm. even as a tourist. Mm -hmm. And it was like, all right, this is an entry-level job, and I was a veteran, so I was given preference, and I put in for the job and when I got that call for an interview I was just like oh my god thank you Mm. you know I don't know anything about you know this job I didn't know anything about aircraft which was the documents I would be editing if I got the job Mm -hmm. but I took the leap and I interviewed well and I got hired wow okay so the leap of faith so actually it's crazy you said that because I just actually interviewed an actress and she said um she quoted a Will Smith quote and she said something like um your biggest like your happiest uh, life is right outside of fear. So you have to make that leap of faith in order to get to what, where you want to be in life and live your best life. And you, do you yeah. feel the same way? 
Oh, definitely, because I was so scared. I was like, you know, um, you know, I, I, I'm from Kansas originally. Obviously, we don't have a lot of crime uh, or really anything. It's, it's Kansas. It's mm. everything that you think <laughs> it is. I moved to an equally small town in Florida to live with my parents. I'm like, Las Vegas, that's that's a big city, and they yep. have crime, and they got, you know, all kinds of things there. I'm, I'm scared. I don't know where to live. I didn't have anyone to call over what neighborhoods to live in or not to live in, okay. which was reflected in the apartment I chose, and it was not a good apartment to live in. <laughs> but, you know, it was it was that leap of faith. I had a job. It was secure. I had benefits, and I was in my core skill area because some people are good at a bunch of stuff. I'm just, I'm just good at the one thing. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Okay, okay. So, um, now let me uh, ask you for specifics real quick because I, I don't know if you're an editor for a newspaper, magazine, a book, or what, what type of editor? Well, that's what people normally think of when they hear editor. They uh-huh. think of a journalism capacity, and that's what I thought too. Uh-huh. Uh, but when you get into, like, anytime you go to a business and they've got a manual, oh, well, here's how you behave when you go here. All of those manuals that they create have to be edited. Mm. And my first manuals that I edited were designed for DOD pilots, so they have to fly with these big manuals. Okay, well, here's how the plane works, and here's what you do in this situation, and here's who you call if this goes wrong, and here's what you've got to wear in this particular kind of aircraft. And, you know, these these guys are pilots, so they write this stuff because they know what they're talking mm-hmm. about, but they don't know the software. They don't know how to make it sound pretty. They don't know how to stay within a particular style guide, mm-hmm. and so that's what you get hired for as an editor. You're not so much creating content as you're putting it into a specific format and a lot of people don't think about it. They're like, oh, you need to be a good writer. But really, it's software knowledge. So my first job, I was using this software I'd never heard of. It was an Adobe program called FrameMaker. Mm. No one's ever heard of this. I certainly hadn't. And so when I, I came on board, you know, I knew how to write and I knew how to type and I knew how to do a little bit of formatting in Word. But you don't use Word. And a lot of these businesses, you don't. Mm. Uh, so I had to learn a whole software. And lucky for me, I picked it up quick. And that really helped me succeed. Wow. Okay, so that was completely opposite of what I envisioned you doing. Yeah. But I mean, that was... Uh-huh. Wow. I, I mean, I have a roommate who's a um, a technical writer. So maybe a little bit along the lines of the same thing. Writes business plans or, and whatnot um, for companies. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it sounds like you're somewhat in the same realm. So that sounds pretty cool. Um, so you were... 25 when do you um when shit hit the fan uh but how long did it really how long did it really take for you to you know like figure out i know it's you said a year but like when when did it really click that okay this is something that i want to do you know ongoing for the rest of my life um after i've been in the position i got promoted after only one year on the job Mm -hmm. and you know i didn't really understand why because for me you know i had a hard time there and we were in a vault because we were dealing with kind of secret squirrel stuff mm-hmm. and i didn't like it because we didn't have windows and i was like well, why why did they pick me to be promoted okay and um lucky i had a i had a boss who kind of had a similar personality as me and she said look you know you're not going to be coming to work skipping and hopping every day but mm-hmm. you have an aptitude for this you catch on quick and you have a keen mind to find those little things that don't fit the pattern so if you want to stick around doing this, then, you know, get it out of your head that you're going to be escaping into work like, I love everything about this. Mm. You know, just understand you have a skill for it, and this is designed to facilitate your life. It's not designed to be your life. Okay. Because, you know, you meet those people who are like, I want to live my dream and my job. And, you know, when you're in your mid-20s and you're just coming out of college, 
you're thinking that way. You're like, I, I want, you know, to have my dream job. But it's like, no, your, your work is what facilitates your life. It is not your life. And so I'm glad I had that boss who instructed me with that. So it's like, look, you're utilizing your skill. You are contributing your skill to an employer. Mm. So it's like you're just lucky to have this job. You're contributing a skill. Okay. And that's what they're paying you money for. Oh. And uh, that, that shift in mindset was like, yeah, all right, I'm good at this. And this is what, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you something else because, um, the, I know a lot of people, um, so with hobby, hobby wise, um, uh, some people align their hobbies with their work. Some people don't, and they have hobbies outside of their work. So do you have hobbies outside of your work that you do that you like enjoy doing? I, I don't know if, you, um, maybe writing is a, or editing is a hundred percent of like your, your hobbies or something that you actually enjoy doing, but maybe you write books on the side or something like that. Is there any like type of hobby that you like? I do two things. Uh, I do freelance editing on the side. And so I edit people's novels and their nonfiction. Like I do a lot of Christian inspirational mm -hmm. uh, nonfiction because those are just real common and, and people come to me for that. And then I also write on the side. Um, I write uh, supernatural novels for adults. Um, and I'm also dipping my toe into uh, Christian time travel, which kind of sounds odd, but you know, I'm, I'm working on that as well. So I've self-published my supernatural series and I'm actually shopping my, uh, my Christian time travel to agents. And, uh, you know, I love to write. I've always loved to write. And, but I'm, you know, honestly, I'm not making a whole lot of money. You know, maybe I have soda pop money at the end of every month. Okay. It's, okay. It's not pay the bills. Okay. <laughs> so okay. Okay. Health insurance. Okay. 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 No, that, that's perfectly fine though, because I like the fact that you said that, you know, you have, at least you're doing something where your creative, your creativity is, you know, being released outward, you know, um, now let me ask you this, let me transition into this. So what were some childhood hobbies and habits that you had that you think matriculated into who you became today? Because I've interviewed, uh, English teachers too, and they, you know, told me, oh, I used to write books. I used to, um, you know, do this and that. Uh, what was something that you really uh, had in your childhood that you think um, led to what you're doing today? Um, having a broad interest in um, just kind of everything, because when you read, you're reading all kinds of things. So I read history. Um, I read uh, memoirs of police officers. Like my current job, I work for Lexapol, which is a company that creates policy for uh, law enforcement, for fire, and for EMTs. Um, and part of what they asked me when I first got hired on is like, well, do you have any law enforcement experience? And I was like, well, no, I sure don't. But um, here's all the books that I've read and even TV shows. You know, I watched live PD. So I had, you know, an understanding of, you know, what beat cops go through and an understanding of, OK, well, these are the, what's going to be in the manual versus, you know, what you see on Law and Order is not mm -hmm. accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, most cops in their days, drunk idiots, you know, versus, you know, the high the, uh, the high drama stuff and just having a lot of interest really helps you if you're a writer okay. um, because when you see the jobs advertised, it's not going to be as writer. It's going to be technical writer. It's going to be content creator or things like that. My previous job was writing policy for a cybersecurity department and I got that job simply because I understood uh, software and wiki structure um you know i'm not a cybersecurity person myself i'm not a techie person okay but i had enough software expertise that i could contribute to the team and i was a good candidate to transfer what the experts were saying into readable text for regular mm -hmm. people yep okay 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 so that sounds great so i mean as an editor what is an average day like for you 
Uh, it depends on the type of work you're doing. So when I first started, it was a lot different than right now. So when I first started, I was working on DOD manuals, which meant that I worked in a vault. Mm. You couldn't bring your cell phone in there. Uh, you couldn't bring any CDs in there that were rewritable. Um, you know, there were a lot of rules. And if you were in that vault, you were in that vault. And if you wanted to talk to anybody, you had to leave the vault. Mm. Uh, and so you're just like, click, 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 you know, and it was much more structured. But now, uh, you know, working for Lexapol, I'm actually a virtual worker. So I work at home. So I'll wake up at 730. Mm -hmm. I'll start work at eight. You oh, know, wow. Eat my breakfast while I work. I'll have a, a, a meeting every Monday. I'll just put some headphones on and I'll sit on my couch and throw the ball to my dog. And, <laughs> you know, that that's a business meeting for me. And it's fantastic. Wow. But, you know, I'm. I'm still really busy. Now, the good thing is, and, and this is my caution for people who want to work virtually, I am on an hourly pay structure, which I love, because a lot of virtual workers get sucked into where they are working 24-7. Their phone is always pinging. And my sister's a virtual worker in the telecom field, and she's never not working because hmm. she's salary. Um, you don't get paid overtime for that. Um, so when I got this job, the first thing I asked was like, okay, is this hourly or salary? And they're like, this is hourly. We respect the work-life balance. So mm. when it's 5 o'clock, my workday is done. And wow. I, I love having that barrier. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so what do you enjoy the most about being an editor? I really enjoy getting like the rough draft and just looking at this, this casserole of nonsense, you know, and you just have to really – polish it and make sure it's beautiful when it's done and when you show it to the author who's usually like in my case the cop or the lawyer mm -hmm. it's so nice to hear them oh wow that's that's what I wanted to write but I couldn't find the words or that's how I wanted to look and I couldn't make you know the software do what I wanted it to and it, you feel like a miracle worker when you take <laughs> this expertise and you just make it accessible mm. to the audience wow okay so what do you enjoy the least hours-long meetings. Mm. Oh, those are the worst because it's like you'll be listening and, you know, oh, this doesn't apply to me, this doesn't apply to me, and then all of a sudden you'll hear your name and you're like, oh, what were we talking about? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. So that, that's the worst. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, let me... Uh, uh, do you think that grades mattered in school for the success in your career? Not Really, like for high school grades, I would say definitely not. Mm. Um, and even in my undergrad, because when you get hired for a job, they usually say if they're relying on your college degree, they're saying we want you to have a college degree in English in my case. So when they look at my transcript and they're like, oh, 3.0, that's not great. But then they're going to see that 3.0 came from a C in geography, a C in algebra. You know, these are things that I'm not getting hired for. When mm. they look at my English, my rhetoric, my history of the English language, those are all A's and B's. Mm. So, you know, if they ask for a transcript, they're not just looking at the at the grade point average. They're also looking at the individual classes, okay. luckily. Okay. yeah, I'm not good at everything. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, nobody is. Okay, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up here. I think that today was a great interview, but let me go ahead and ask you this. So there are a lot of people who are out there pursuing an English degree, trying to be an English teacher, whatever, you know, just trying to figure themselves out. But what is one piece of advice that you could give anybody who's aspiring to be in your position or somewhere similar? I would say if you want to major in English, there are two pieces of advice. One, don't listen, because on the internet, I've noticed there's a lot of people kind of 
naysaying college, like, oh, there's no reason to go to college unless you want to be a doctor or an engineer or a STEM field. All those liberal arts degrees are just nonsense. That is nonsense because the liberal arts teach you how to think. They teach you how to think about the higher aspirations of the human soul, especially English. Mm. And when you major in English, you read those literary works. Not only are you just like processing the language, you're also absorbing the history of when those pieces were written. Like that's why I get mad when people are kind of pushing Western Civ to the side. But it's like, no, you need to understand that history to understand how we got to where we are. So it's like absorb all of that. And that's the first piece of advice. The second piece of advice is understand how you work best. Like for me, I never wanted to be a freelancer. I am an ISTJ all the way. If you're familiar with MBTI, I'm very structure oriented. Yeah, you're just so saying I, you're just saying letters right now to me. But. Yeah, so ISTJs are just like, okay, I want rules. I want order. I want predictability. And that's just all there is to it. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants to deal with uncertainty. Not a freelancer. That's not who I am. I have to know exactly how much I'm making every two weeks. I got to know what my insurance situation is. That's my personality. And if, like, if, like, if my husband was like, "Oh, I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to take you on a trip," but I'm not telling you where, I would not be happy with that. <laughs> I would be anxious and upset. Like, no, you're going to tell me right now. I want to know the flight. I want to know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that's me. <laughs> okay. So, okay. But not a like that. I have a best friend. She's never had an actual job. She's always been a freelancer. She works with MLMs because she doesn't want a boss. She wants to just kind of float and make money that way. And she's fine with unpredictability. And some people are like that. So if you are all about just kind of independence and charting your own course, then a freelance life as um, an English major is definitely for you. And there are so many freelance opportunities for writers and editors of all genres, particularly now that we have a lot of virtual workers and a lot of people only have short-term writing projects. You know, they're getting their, you know, business up and running and they need a manual, but they don't need you full-time. And so there's a lot of opportunities for that. But if you're like me and you want a full-time job, you know, those are more sparse and you kind of have to be picky and you might have to move. Um, and I did want to plug uh, Flex Jobs which is a service where every month you do pay a small fee, Mm -hmm. but it lists all virtual jobs and they're all for real. There's no scams there. That's why you have to pay for it because they have people sorting through the garbage. Um, That's how I found my current job. And it took me, I'm going to say, eight months from the day I started looking for a job for my previous employment to the day I got hired to this one. So it's not quick, especially if you want full-time work, but there is full-time, steady, hourly paid writing and editing jobs available for you and you know all the better if you want to do it from home but you know they're in the office too and i'm living proof okay 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 so let me piggyback off the the first piece of advice you gave because um i think that was really good what you pointed out i actually want to ask you something um off of that so you said that you need that college um what the english literacy the uh and whatnot do you think because i'm one of those people who's uh on the we don't really need college except for the, you know, stuff we need. But what I'm saying is if college was just um, streamlined where you didn't have to take those courses, as you said, um, when jobs that are hiring you uh, look at your transcript, they only look to see if you're good at the English, the blah, blah, blah. So I'm saying my proposal is we need to take away if you're if you're majoring in English, there's no need for algebra. There's no need for blah, 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 this and that. I'm saying that you should take the English literacy, as you said, if you want to uh, be an English major. You should take the um, classes that have to do with English. But 
as for the other classes that you're just wasting money on and not even getting a good grade in, I think those are completely useless. So what's your take on that? Um, because, and that's the thing, everyone heralds the liberal arts college because they, they give you a broad basis, but that's not necessarily, um, the way to go. And for me, I thought that was all there was. I didn't know there was such a thing until I worked as a summer camp counselor, bringing, you know, you know, rich kids Mm. to the Ivy League colleges and Brown was one. They were like, yeah, we're not a liberal arts college. If you major in something, that's all you're studying. And I'm like, why didn't I know about this? Yeah. have gone to Brown anyway, but I, I didn't know there was anything but a liberal arts. And you know what? It especially for um, outcome-driven jobs like writer and editor, they like the degree. But honestly, if you have a portfolio of work, you might not even need it, um, particularly if you're going into journalism. Mm-hmm. So a college is so expensive. Like for me, I went to community college and a state college. And even now, the prices for those have risen so dramatically. Mm. But if you saw a job, okay, you know, we want uh, five years of writing experience and a bachelor's degree. But if you submitted, hey, here's my portfolio of work, and I don't have a college degree, but here's my Skillshare transcripts, um, here's my writing sample, and I'll be happy to do one for you, you know, during the interview process, you don't necessarily have to have that college degree or like you know, an advanced degree, you know, if you have an an associates and you were like, look, life got in the way Mm. because I think the college colleges now have kind of gotten away from where they should. Like when I look at what's required for an English degree now, I'm like, I don't know if that's (laughs) helpful, (laughs) you know, (laughs) know? and especially like some of those elite colleges. I'm like, I think y'all maybe have too much money for your own good Mm, because this is just silly. Yes. Um, (laughs) I I definitely agree. So Yeah. I I think it takes too long and it's, it's, not even like I think people are too focused on the well-rounded education part and are not focused on okay like I mean if I'm if I if I major in football why am I taking a class in soccer it's just my always my go-to like I and especially paying money for the soccer class like come on guys you know um Christine honestly that was excellent 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 um I think you gave a lot of great advice I think of people a lot of people are going to take away from um what you have given us today so um is there any way that any of our audience can, you know, check you out, see your, you have a website, anything that, you know, they can reach you on, social media, anything? Oh, definitely. Um, I am on Instagram, at Kristen Magoo, all lowercase, all one word. Okay. Um, I do have a website where I have my blog, uh, Kristen-McTiernan.com. Okay. And then I also have a YouTube channel. Um, it's uh, Kristen McTiernan, the Nonsense Free Editor. So if you're thinking of being a writer and you want to save money on editing services, which is usually the most expensive part, check me out. I got a lot of good advice for you. Perfect. 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 And I'm going to make sure to leave the, the link to this in the description below, guys. And um, I got to thank her once more. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I really needed an editor. And I think a lot of people are going to take away from this. Thank you. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes podcast, SoundCloud, and Google Play channels at YI Network. And make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at YI Network. That's Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, all that. And if you or somebody you know loves their job and would like to inspire others too, make sure to email me at whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Again, whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Talk to you guys soon.